You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. things that you can possibly smell in your house is paint and we have a lot of paint going on in our house this weekend a, a little too much paint just oh, ask yeah. the upstairs carpet yeah probably wasn't too happy no we well neither of us were here for it unfortunately uh well yeah, maybe i don't know we might have to help clean it up uh yeah that's true so good thing so yeah but we're repainting our well when i say we're i mean our dad <laughs> our father is uh I'm not sure why. He looked fine to me, but he's repainting the the hallways. I think he's just doing the yellow. No, he's doing the white border, too. Yeah, all right. Um, Well, this is the Sports Brothers Podcast with Brian Dossler and Sam Dossler. And Sam, already, it's May 31st since our fifth show. So five shows a month. I can't really complain. No, and, and, you know, you speaking of the paint, tough moment. Another sad moment right before we came on. Dobby, rest in peace. Harry Potter Harry weekend. Potter. Yeah, Harry Potter weekend. Turned it on just in time to see maybe the saddest moment of all eight movies. What do you think is the saddest death in Harry Potter? You got Dumbledore. By the way, if you haven't seen Harry Potter, sorry if you're listening to this and this is all spoilers, but you know, chances. Well, you know what? Yeah. The, the last Deathly Howls movie came out in like 2011. Yeah, there you go. 2011. So if you haven't seen anyways, it by now, so you anyways. got you got Dumbledore, you got Sirius Black, you got I mean you could even go far back as the two parents, uh, James and and Lily. If I don't know, um, Harry dies. I mean that could have been a sad moment for well, some. Well, he kind of dies. Well, but if, if the Horcrux, yeah, dies. yeah. I think Dobby, Dobby gets me every time. Yeah, and look at this kid talking like he's a real Harry Potter fan. Hey, you know he never read the books. I never read the books. Until you read the books, you're not a real Harry Potter fan. Well, that's uh, that's your opinion. But no, all right, well, today Bennett. we are going to talk uh, NBA Finals, Warriors, Cavaliers. This isn't the Harry Potter podcast? No, this is, that, that's the next one. Uh, the Stanley Cup Finals, we finally have our matchup set there between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Sam's back on the radar. The NBA coaching carousel is... Uh, teams have fired or hired some new coaches, including Tom Thibodeau. We'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to have an NBA Finals draft. This is something that Sam came up with yesterday, and it's a pretty cool idea. So today. basically, that was today? It was okay, today. it's all blends in. Um, so basically, the two of us are going to do a live, yes, a live riveting rock, paper, scissors shoot for the first pick. No lottery, no. no. You know, I didn't think this through when we were discussing this. I have a handheld mic. I, oh, I guess I just need one hand. I can keep it. Okay, we're good. I, th- we're I good. think you can survive it. Well, well, I'll just keep it below the uh, armrest here. And I can cover with Yeah, my, we're yeah, good. All right. Yeah, we're, we know what we're doing. All right, so basically we're going to pick up the top uh, starting lineup and then just kind of go from there from both teams. So we'll pick between the Warriors and the Cavaliers. Uh, so that should be fun. And then it's going to be Stump the Bro, and that will end our show. But before we start... Our fast facts for this show here on May 31st, it's 9.14 Eastern Time. This past Tuesday, so uh, five days ago, it was a 22-year anniversary, sorry about that, of Jose Canseco getting hit in the noggin and the ball going over the wall for a home run. So Sam, the batter in that uh, for that home run was Reggie Jefferson. 
He had 72 career home runs, only one in 1992, 10 in 1993. However, he is most noteworthy known to be traded to the Seattle Mariners for some guy named Omar Vizquel, who went on to win 11 Gold Glove Awards. Award the winners go. You can't talk tonight, can no, you? No, I can't. <laughs> Dobby's got you all choked up. Yeah, he does. Um, it's hard to believe that was. It, I neither of us remember that moment. I was alive, but I was two. Um, but you you look at the Reggie Jefferson trade, and I think that's what jumps out to me most is the fact that uh, that's one of those trades where the team on the other end regrets making that trade. Um, you, you you there's of course other trades throughout the history of baseball. The Red Sox when they got Derek Lowe and Jason Veritek from Seattle. That was a lopsided trade and, and trades of that nature. This one is right there. And I think uh, if there's ever a slow week, we could just do a top worst trades in, in professional sports history. Oh, you could just go on forever. You could go on. All right, so let's start with the NBA Finals, and uh, later on we'll talk about Kevin Love and, and his thoughts on the Cleveland Cavaliers as he says he'll be staying in Cleveland for next season to pick up that option. But, Sam, let's talk about the layoff. Both teams, uh, it's, it's a bit of annoying. Uh, it's... We got set, or we have. Uh, it was literally a week off. Golden State they clinched on Thursday, and uh, game one's going to be Thursday, nine o'clock on ABC at the Oracle Arena. Well, when it first looked like, uh, when it first looked like we were going to, we were, we, and we were going to get this long layoff. It looked like it was going to work in favor of Cleveland because of the guys they had banged up, most notably Kyrie Irving, who missed a lot of time during the conference finals. LeBron James has been banged up. Uh, but it ends up helping both teams, doesn't it? Uh, Clay Thompson getting that concussion in in uh, game number four, excuse me, five. game number five against Houston. He gets extra time to uh, work himself back, and it looks like he's going to be good to go. Maurice Spates, he's been day-to-day throughout the postseason uh, with an injury. Uh, he's close to being cleared for physical uh, contact again for contact drills. So both teams are using this time to definitely get healthy. But I don't know about you, Brian, but I'm sitting here on a Sunday, and you, you start, it's, you're starting to feel like, all right, we should be getting going with this thing right now. We still got we three still more got, days. Well, almost four They're full four, days because the count, game's yeah. not going to start till uh, 8, 9 o'clock, whatever it is. Boy. It's a long time. The ratings won't suffer because no. of it. If this were, I mean, this is a big time series. Yeah, I this mean, is this, ratings gold. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the two teams that ABC and ESPN wanted. Now, if this, it's a different tone. If this is Atlanta versus Houston, I think, I think there they may it, they may have moved up the finals. But but regardless, you're going to get a heavy dose of people well, watching these games. Well, the thing is, they couldn't have moved it up to Wednesday. That's why they were talking about it briefly, and it. The only day they could have moved it up to, well, of course, they could have started tonight. They could have started Monday, but they were talking on that Tuesday. But the NHL and NBA, once they reach the cup finals and the NBA finals, they'll never overlap with each other. Yeah, which they shouldn't. So with the NHL, both teams going, both series going seven, you couldn't really move their start up. So the only way you could change things up is by Tuesday and um at that point, I don't know that there's much of a difference Tuesday or Thursday, so they might as well just stick to to what they have. It's two rookie coaches in this NBA Finals, Steve Kerr and David Blatt. If you listened to the last podcast, I was kind of ranting about how uh, we, the people, were not giving David Blatt enough credit for what he's done in 
uh, Cleveland. But, Sam, talk about Steve Kerr and his first year, uh, NBA executive, uh, basketball operations in Phoenix, finally gets a chance to be a head coach, and he gets uh, 63 wins in his first season. And and he took over for a guy in Mark Jackson who got very emotional on the ESPN broadcast after. Yeah, I saw that live, and I was like, wow, that's tough. Well, I, I don't know if it was you I talked to it about. But I think we talked about at the beginning of the series how tough that had to have been for Mark Jackson to yeah, to go back and broadcast those games. At the same time, though, you know ESPN is asking him, and he's saying yes. Well, no, he doesn't have a choice. He's the, he's on no, the top. No, I, I heard for the Western Conference Finals okay. that he, it was his decision to stay. They could have bought, I forget who the yeah, other Yeah, but then he'd be out be. for the finals, too. Still. Because he's part I, of that number one broadcast. Yeah, team. I know. It's it's good good crew, too. I like I like those three. Not as good as the TNT guys, but no. But I just like Mark Jackson when they go to commercial break and he gets that low voice and you know, Steph Curry with the big shot. Or I don't know. He says something. I just creative. wish, man. You know the the broadcast crews, the actual crews who call the games, are pretty much on par with each other. But TNT separates itself with everything else. I mean, the ESP. I can't even watch the ESPN uh, pregame, postgame shows. Normally, no. I mean, well, the the thing is, if you're, you have to be an NBA fan to watch the TNT pregame. Of course, we're we're talking about uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Kenny the Jet and Kenny Smith. Uh, That's the same person. Yeah, I, I was just Barkley, Charles Barkley, Charles Barkley, of course, EJ, Ernie Johnson. Yeah. So for those, it's not necessary because you have to understand there are jokes behind it. You have to understand that Charles Barkley never won an NBA championship. You have to understand that's a good point. Yeah. That Ken, that uh, Kenny Smith won a couple, and you have to understand that. Because this is actually, I was texting Damon Gray about it, and he and he goes, the TNT uh, pregame is the biggest joke that I've ever seen on television. I go, it's yeah, yeah. You really have to understand the jokes. I mean, if you want analysis, you don't go to those guys. No, they're you, they, you go to. They do a couple minutes of breakdown, but it's but more, overall they put up the goofy picture, the goofy Photoshop. Yeah. Jack trips and falls, and then the next day he comes in with bubble wrap. Uh, it, it's a different atmosphere, but I like it because. You, it's it's a break from yeah, the from the constant like the constant seriousness. information information yeah. information. It's they talk about it, but they do it in an entertaining way that that makes you laugh. You don't laugh often when you're watching a sporting event, right? Yeah, no, I would agree. I, I mean, mean, how often do you laugh when you're watching a game? Unless something happens on the floor, or yeah, and maybe that's a chuckle. Yeah, but these guys, you get you get fifteen twenty minutes of entertainment at halftime, and. Uh, it just doesn't compare to the ESPN pregame, postgame crew, who do a great they're, – they're fine. Oh, they do, yeah. But it's just when you're put up against those guys, it's hard to compete. LeBron James, he's going for his third NBA championship in this series. Uh, if Fifth finals in a row. Fifth finals in a row, that's impressive. Uh, three out of five is obviously a lot better than two out of five. Uh, do you think if he wins an NBA championship here, me more than his first in Miami? <sighs> You know, that, that's a tough question, and, and I'm not sure where I lean on that, uh, just because that first one is always so special. Uh, to me, it's he got that huge monkey off his back when, when he won in Miami, but I think this one would be more rewarding because he's he's definitely the vocal, or he's definitely the outspoken one of this team. He's definitely the veteran presence, and, and definitely everyone kind of looks up to him. I'm not saying they did it in Miami, but they had Dwayne Wade. They had other veterans surrounding. Chris Bosh, Ray Allen. Guys but here, who, he's the guy. I mean, he yeah. he's the, the, I, I the, the, mean, the veteran guy. You have a stud guy. in Kyrie Irving. Kevin Love's very good. But Irving, he's mid-20s. Yeah, exactly. He, he's, he ha- 
He's been a good player in his NBA career, two-time All-Star now this year and last year, but he hasn't done a thing, really. You know, he he's never played in a finals. He's He had never been in the postseason before this year. Nope. Uh, I mean, neither Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, same thing. I mean, yeah, Mike Miller's been there. James Jones has been there. But those guys have been there because LeBron's been there with with him. Right. He's kind of they're just they're just along for the ride. Yeah. Mike Miller over here. We're not I, talking about Mike Miller. What's the has he been was he with LeBron the whole time? No, well, he was no, he there wasn't was, there the last year in Miami. No, after uh the heat clinched, there there was uh something that said, Please have a headline of James Jones fifth straight NBA championship yeah. appearance. I mean, James Jones, we're all talking about LeBron five straight. Got James Jones, Mike Miller, three or four out of the last five now. <laughs> hey, whatever. What's your prediction for the series? You know, I, I I think this Golden State team is is just too deep as far as the waves they can just keep coming at. Uh, we're going to get into the draft later on, but I was typing out the guys from each team who I would consider drafting, and the list on the on the side of Golden State is just so much stronger. It's just I think when you you look at the Cleveland roster. There's such a drop-off after the top few guys. LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, those obviously are your 1 and 1A guys in this series. Then after that, it's J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, uh, Timothy Mozgov, Iman Shumpert, guys of that nature, Matthew Delvadova, James Jones. Uh, That's really the eight-man cycle that they're going with for the most part. And it's it's just such a drastic drop-off to me where on the other side – you go Stephen Curry and Clay Thompson. They're they're of course your one-two punch, uh, but then J- Draymond Green, Andre Iguodala, uh, Andrew Bogart, Bogart, Sean Livingston, Sean Livingston, uh, Maurice Spates. If he can come back and be healthy, Harrison Barnes. It's just such a deeper cast. When I was typing it out for Cleveland, I was only able to go eight deep, and on the other side, I went eleven deep. And, and I didn't even mention David Lee. This is a guy who's been an all-star and a, a double-double guy throughout his career. And he's seen very few minutes, but he's someone who can come off the bench and give you big-time minutes. Cleveland just doesn't have that type of depth. Uh, as a result, I think it's going to be just too much from Golden State uh, as far as their depth, their defense, and their scoring. So Golden State in how many games? Seven. Seven. See, I I don't see Cleveland losing the series on their home floor in game six. Okay, yeah. I think it's going to I... go to Cleveland. It's going to go back to Cleveland. I think they split, they split, games one and two, games three and four, and then the teams hold serve the rest of the way at home. Yeah, uh, if I don't think if you don't want to be down 3-2 going to Cleveland, and you don't want, I don't think you want to be top, really 3-3 if you're Cleveland uh, going into Oracle for game seven. No, if Cleveland's going to win this series, I think they have to be up 3-2 to two after game five. I mean, that's an ideal for any team. Right, but, yeah. but going home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm going to go two with the Golden State Warriors. It's it's so tough. It's a toss-up. I mean, you just mentioned the depth, uh, but then again, on the other side, LeBron James. Yeah, they they, they still have they do have the they, best player. They got that guy in the world. Um, you know, you got a motivated Tristan Thompson who's who's played well. Got some offensive boards. Timothy Mozgov, J.R. Smith, my guy, my guy has been coming off huge off the bench for this team. I mean, him and Amon Jumper shot over 50% in the, in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Hawks. I mean, when you have those two guys playing that well, uh, you're very tough to beat. The Matthew Delvado- Deladova, uh, 
dirty play. We're not going to get into Did it. Did we but talk about No, we, we didn't have talking Well, well we it. both agree that. I, I don't know where this dirty player stuff is coming from. They're just hard basketball plays yeah, in it, my book. Yeah. It, the, all of a sudden, the Kyle Korver one became a dirty play after uh, the Al Horford situation. Yeah, I don't understand it. But, again, I'll, I'll go Golden State. I'll go Golden State in seven. I mean, I, I, I would love to see it in seven games. I mean, Oracle – uh, for that type of a game. Uh, again, let's not forget that these are two cities that are dying for a championship win. Well, well, easy there, easy there. Cleveland is dying for a championship win in any sport. I was going to get to that. Okay, but all right. You stole Sorry my to thunder steal your again. thunder. Yeah. Golden State, the Giants have won a, a World Series or two lately. It's been since 1975 since the Warriors have won an NBA championship and Sam, Rick Barry, my guy, swept the bullets Four zero in that series, the Finals MVP. I don't know. I just, I always just, he's right. he's my all go-to right. guy on an NBA trivia question. I just say Rick Barry, and it seems to be right all the time, um, <laughs> especially if it's ABA's brought up. Um, Fair point. And then the Cleveland Cavaliers. You mentioned Sam, fifty-one year drought. Uh, last time they've a any kind of professional uh, championship was in nineteen sixty-four when the Cleveland Browns won the Super Bowl. And we know if the Browns are your only hope in Cleveland, then. Things aren't going well. Especially because um, they went away and came back. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we talked. To, we said we were going to talk about Kevin Love. We'll talk about him real quickly. Sam, he says he's going to pick up his option next year. He's going to be healthy for opening night, and we'll be back in the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, jersey next season. Can you blame him? Uh, I, I know there's been the I talk. I could see one or two ways. I, mean, I know he, there's the, been the talk uh, of going out to Los Angeles and playing for the Lakers, but Kobe Bryant, I think, is – He's done, in my mind. He's never going to be the player that he was before. So you were going out there hoping that other guys sign with the team. Yeah, they have. They got um, the big guy from Kentucky, who I'm drawing a blank on right now, who got hurt. Julius, Julius Randle. Randall. He'll be back next year. You always forget a name, or you mess up a name every podcast. It's like a thing now. <laughs> Chandler Parsons was on uh, Houston. Yeah, whatever. You whatever. don't have to call me out for it. Hey, you. Whatever. Um, but I, I just think what I think did it for him was he tasted that playoff atmosphere. I thought he was playing really well in that Celtics series, and he got a taste of that playoff atmosphere in that opening round, and I think that to him was the vindication. So two and a half games, and he's he's sold. Three and a half. It was game three. Four. Okay. Um, I think that was was a big part of it. I do. I'm surprised he's not exploring his options, to be honest. Uh, he he's good, playing with the best player in the world. He has a chance to win a ring every year. Good news also is that uh, him and Kelly Olynyk have uh, even things out, and and they seem to be on on speaking terms again. You know that's gonna hold. That's gonna blow up when the Cavs and the Celtics play again next year. But uh, at least at least they're on speaking terms, and they don't hate each other anymore. Uh, so let's head over to the Stanley Cup Finals, which will be. Again, on Wednesday night, game one, 8 o'clock on NBC. Doc Emmerich, the best. Uh, he'll be doing the play-by-play for that. Uh, Sam, it's between the Chicago Blackhawks and Tampa Bay Lightning, and it's really the youth of Tampa Bay versus the experience of the Blackhawks in the series. Yeah, and, and the Blackhawks, I mean, they just find ways to do it down down in the series, and <clears throat> excuse me, down in the series, and they, they come back and, and they win it. And just, <clears throat> excuse me, choking on something there. Uh, just a, a quick start in Game 7 on Saturday night, and really Anaheim never had a chance in that game, and they, they just took it right to them. And 
it's 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 an intriguing series. I was disappointed for what ten minutes after the. Uh, you watched Seinfeld and you were and your you you were cured. Well, I was joking with someone yesterday, I think, and I was saying that I was disappointed for about ten minutes. One minute for every day, I pretend to be a Rangers fan this summer, this spring. Good way of putting it. <laughs> but I, I, you have to give an edge to the Blackhawks, looking for their third Stanley Cup since 2010. Uh, they've been in there. They've been in the mix seemingly every year. They were in the Western Conference Finals to, against the Kings last year. Uh, but it should be a fun series. I just find it amazing how if the Hartford Whalers were still in Hartford, I think our sports and what we like and follow could be completely different. Oh, I agree 100%. I, I mean, I was a huge fan. You were, I don't know, do you even remember the Whalers? I don't remember the Whalers, but but you but you say that if the Hartford Whalers were still in Hartford, then you would be a hockey guy. Therefore, I would have been a hockey guy. So I think I would have been because, well, our, our dad's company, the Carling Technologies, they used to get season tickets for the company. And I'd go a couple times a year, and I was all in it. I, those were the games that I'd be watching. You know, I'd watch the rerun of the games. <coughs> Jeez, what's wrong with know. you? <coughs> I'd watch the reruns of the games, get cutouts of the newspaper. This is going to play well when people are listening, isn't it? Yeah, it is. My voice is cracked. Don't we still have the tape of the last game? Yes. 1997 versus the Tampa Lightning. Yeah. Mind you. Kevin Deneen, hey, hey, what do you say? It's the captain. Kevin Deneen, final oh. goal in Whalers history. All right, and uh, quick thought, Sam. You already touched upon it, but the Rangers, they fall short again, once again. They were in the finals last year, conference semifinals, lose conference finals. This, I mean, just, it's just... They didn't, the offense didn't show up. It looked like Tampa was a, a step or two quicker in that game seven. Lundqvist, he allowed two goals in the game, but he was spectacular. He made some big-time saves to to even give the Rangers a chance in that game, but the Rangers just couldn't get anything going offensively. Apparently it was the curse of playing at home in this series because down the stretch, I think it it was the road team that won every game. Uh, They split and they split, and then it was Rangers lose at home game five, Tampa a chance to close it out on their home ice in game six, they lose, and then back to New York for game seven, and the Rangers lose again. It's strange because I feel like in the last couple of years I could be completely off base. I always felt like the home team won in hockey, and I feel like that's not the case anymore. Well, I don't uh, know. I'm probably way off. Well, the Kings won. The Kings when the Kings beat the Rangers last year, that was at home for the Stanley Cup Finals. Um, I'm, when the Blackhawks beat the Bruins, that, that was, was in, in Boston. Boston. So. I'm just talking throughout the playoffs in general. Oh, okay. Not just the the final rounds. You are listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dossler. Make sure you stick around for Stunt the Bro. Sam leads that one and nothing in our NBA Finals draft. Now it's time for Sam's Back on the Radar. They've been off the grid for a while, but now it's time for Sam's Back on the Radar. Yeah, my back on the radar is uh, we're going out to Paris for this. Paris, Paris, Paris. Paris, okay. Uh, for the French Open, the women's draw. Mm-hmm. Serena Williams in the fourth round, yet again. But this time, she's playing against an American who we thought was going to really splash onto the scene after she made some early runs in her career, most notably the Australian Open. 
Sloan Stevens kind of fell off the map after that initial run. She's back in the fourth round, and uh, she's ranked 40th in the world now. And uh, Serena Williams, Venus Williams, some of the marquee faces in women's tennis from the U.S. perspective, starting to advance in age. Somehow, though, Serena just keeps doing it every year. It's unbelievable. Well into her 30s by now. But we need some new some new blood in, in American women's tennis, and uh, that's what we're getting. I, 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 hopefully Sloane Stevens is going to take that next step. And she has a chance to do something, Brian, that has happened only three times at a Grand Slam event, and that's beat Venus and Serena Williams uh in back-to-back. Not, or... not in back-to-back, just but within one major event. Um, so Sloan Stevens will attempt to become the fourth. This is a fourth-round match. and uh, Stevens has been fantastic so far. She hasn't dropped a, a set yet in the French Open, so it's good to see her s- seemingly finding her footing again. Still very young, um, but she's been off the radar a bit, and now she looks to be back on it. <laughs> that was that was actually good, though, the the way you segued it. But, yeah, Sloan Stevens, I remember a couple uh, U.S. Opens ago where Well, she made the, the run of the 2013 time. Australian Open, and she actually beat Serena uh, late in that match. And before that, the two were friends, and then they had a falling out, Twitter battles, and now they seemingly seem to be back on the same page, or at least. At least you're hoping now since you put it in her segment. At least comfortable with each other. And Stevens is 22, by the way. Hmm. Um, I'm usually not going to do it back on the radar, but I figured I'd do it today because... Stealing my thunder, huh? Yeah, well, you stole my thunder a bunch of times with uh, my confession stuff. I didn't Um, know that was the whatever. Anyways, so uh, today, at my internship with the New Britain Rockets, I had the chance to see... Oh, this, okay, this is worth it. Yeah, exactly. Joel Pinheiro start today. Yeah, that's a throwback name for you. Probably haven't heard that name in a while. Hasn't pitched in the major leagues since 2011 with the uh, Los Angeles Anaheim of Angels. Uh, he's trying to make a comeback. Last year, he was suspended by Major League Baseball, or Minor League Baseball, for 50 games for performance-enhancing drugs. He uh, said he didn't know he had it, but it was it was it was a medicine or, or a, whatever a drug to, that he took to try to recover, recover from shoulder surgery. Um, but whatever. But today he gets the win, so he gets his first win of the season for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. He improves to one and two on the year. He drops his ERA. Call him up. Yeah, he drops his ERA to five point something. But he goes six innings, six hits, five strikeouts. I got three of them on the post game show against the first place New Britain Rockets. Yeah, I'm one and really five. Really stink when Brian's yeah. there. I'm one and five uh, when I go there. I've been to six games and I lost the first four. I had a walk off one last night, Pat Baleka in the twelfth inning. Former Cape Cod League great. Yep, for the uh, Orleans Firebirds. Uh, Are you sure? I think it was Chatham. Jeff Dooley said Orleans, so I'm going to go Orleans. All right. Uh, yeah, but uh, Pinero, Red Sox great back in 2007. Uh, and speaking of him. Was he on, on the roster for the World Series? Let I mean, me. Now, this is where he gets uh, looked. It's just, you know, during the internship, I was just looking around and find, trying to find some cool facts about him and looking on his Wikipedia page. And Pinheiro was actually designated for assignment on July 22nd, I believe, in 2007 to fill in the roster spot for a guy named John Lester. Aha. Uh-huh. So. Uh, I didn't of, think he was on the World Series. And, yeah. Uh, and, of course, John Lester went on to pitch game four of the 2007 World Series and got the win. Pat Valeka, according to his UCLA bio, 
Uh, played 31 games for the Chatham Anglers All of right. the prestigious Cape Cod League. So. Okay. Who's the one calling the games out there? Okay. All right. Well, there you go. If you ever get a chance, people, Cape Cod Baseball League. It's top-notch stuff. Top-notch. Chatham Field, whatever it's called, Veterans Field. Veterans Field, yeah. Place to be, except for when the fog rolls in like it did last year. That was kind of cool, but it just stunk that except we the had game to Except the game had to stop after four innings. Yeah. We were making our rounds, though. What did we – I think we saw – we saw six of the ten teams within three we saw, days. Yeah, we went to Bruce, we went to Chatham, we went to... We saw Bourne. Bourne. We didn't see Falmouth. I think that's all we saw. Bourne, though, that's when uh, we could hear the pitchers in the bullpen. Yeah. And they were just, like, making fun of each other. Yeah. That was funny. All right. NBA coaching carousel, Sam. Uh, Tom Thibodeau. It was the worst, best secret uh, out there, and he was canned by the Chicago Bulls. Is this fair or foul? I I, I think it had grown so fractured there that it had to happen. But the way Chicago handled it, I thought, was, you know, I mean, if you're going to fire a guy, if you're going to let him go, just let him go. Chicago, they strung him out for, for a few days. Well, really for, what, more than a few days, a week, ten days, something like that. I mean, yeah. the Atlanta series – was done for a couple days against Cleveland by the time uh, Thibodeau was let go on Friday of this past week. Friday, yeah, that sounds right. And and then for the owner, the ownership to come out and uh, kind of go after him a bit and and talk him down. And I mean, Thibodeau did a fantastic job with this team. Yeah, he coached every game like it was his last game, like it was Game Seven of the NBA Finals. But that's the way he knew how to do it, and, and he really kept this team together through a lot of injuries. I mean, how how often was Derrick Rose not playing? Joakim Noah was hurt often. And he kept this team there, and he always seemingly, even when they were wounded and down guys, you always felt like they had a chance to win games against the Miami Heat when they were great, uh, against Cleveland this year when they were when they were uh, on their way to the the finals. I, I heard that one of the big reasons why he was fired was because uh, – couldn't get past LeBron. LeBron uh, has not many people can. No, but uh, in the five years he was in Chicago, LeBron James has knocked him out three of those five times. Uh, so that's hard to get over. Um, and but if Paul this, Gasol doesn't this, get hurt this year, yeah, I know, I know. But that's just you know, Kyrie. Kyrie was down. No Kevin Love, and this seems if you're the Chicago Bulls, a, a proud franchise, uh, that this was an opportunity to kind of get the Cavaliers when they're most vulnerable without Kevin Love with with the unhealthy uh, Kyrie Irving, but they couldn't get it done. And I think that was a lot to do with it. I, I think so. But it was already already thought that he was going to be let go. I, icing on the cake. I'm. That's just what I'm hearing, the thought and, process. And what's so interesting about this, and we're going to talk about the other two coaching hirings, is they waited such a long time that it pretty much pulled him out of contention for some of the other openings. Uh, Orlando, New Orleans. New Orleans. Uh, he doesn't want to go to Denver, so he's probably not going to take that one uh, if if he gets interviewed for it. And, and that does it for NBA openings right now. His replacement's going to be Iowa State's Fred Hoiberg. Report five years, twenty-five million. And Sam, uh, college basketball loses one of the good guys. The mayor, yeah, he played his college ball. That's got yeah, that's got to be tough at Iowa State and. Well, it's kind of like what I I feel like if Kevin Alley were to leave, maybe maybe even even more so. I think probably that would for hurt Iowa pretty State. hard. That would hit pretty hard for us. Um, but 
and I'm, I'm a little surprised that Hoiberg's making the jump right now. Just had a second heart thing uh, about a month ago. And the travel, much more grueling, obviously, in the NBA. But this is a guy who, who coaches an NBA style, uh, turned Iowa State into a power in not only the Big 12 but throughout the country. And I, I think he's going to do good things in the NBA. It, it, he obviously wants to coach in the NBA, and uh, I think he's going to be successful at it. He has an NBA mind. You mentioned the other two teams. Start with the Orlando Magic. They hire Scott Skiles. He was a former player. He played there for five years in Orlando, and Sam, uh, this is a, a coach in Scott Skiles that isn't afraid to play the younger guys as opposed to past coaches in Orlando, and and the Magic, they certainly have a lot of young guys. You look at Victor Oladipo, Tobias Harris, Aaron Gordon, Alfred Payton, and the number five pick. So, I mean, from that perspective, uh, it's got to be encouraging if you're an Orlando fan. Yeah, and he's also the guy that, when he was with Chicago, took them from a team that wasn't so good his first year uh, – he he was there for the final 66 games of the year, 19 and 47. The team missed the playoffs, finished eighth in the Central, but the next year jumped up to 47 and 35. The 0405 season, second in the Central. Uh, they did lose in the first round of the playoffs, but he he has a history of of taking these younger teams and and making them into teams that are capable of making the playoffs. So I, I'm sure that was a big factor into the hire of Skiles. I really like the hire for Orlando. I think he he has a good track record of developing young players. And, uh, of course, like you said, Orlando with a, a boatload of young talent and more on the way with the draft uh, upcoming in the next couple of weeks. So uh, I think a good landing point, a good landing spot for Scott Skiles. And the, le- excuse me, the last coach, Alvin Gentry to the New Orleans Pelicans in San. This was – it's probably the most critical, most important time for uh, this Pelicans franchise with Anthony Davis only 22 years old, still young, and still looking forward to the prime of his career, and Dell Demps, the general manager, elects to go with Gentry. Yeah, I think this one's a little more interesting. Uh, not a great track record for Gentry. Um, below 500 as a coach, 475, and got progressively worse in his years with Phoenix. Yes, his, his players that he came in with, they started to disperse. But uh, it got worse and worse until he was eventually fired in the 12-13 year. And I don't know. Uh, you, you just look down his track record, and he's been fired twice. Um, he He's only made the playoffs on two occasions throughout his career. Um, actually, he's been fired three times, excuse me. So I don't know. Uh, Jeff Van Gundy was in the mix a little bit. And I guess uh, there was a lot of talk that he wanted the job. I, I would have thought maybe they would have waited and interviewed Tom Thibodeau to see what his interest was. Uh, but I guess they felt Al- Alvin like I was the yeah, guy. Like, like I was saying, this is the most critical time yeah, and for I, this I, franchise. I still don't really get the – 22 he, years old. Is I mean, he any better than Monty Williams? That that's Yeah, that's the other you know, thing too. I mean, they're, I don't know. They're coming off a playoff year. They get the eighth seed in the Western Conference. So it's going to be – very tough for Gentry to kind of build up from this, uh, especially in that tough Western Conference. Uh, for Gentry, he will finish uh, with the Golden State Warriors. Of course, he's an assistant coach with them, so he will stay with them for the NBA Finals, and then he'll head over and do uh, his New Orleans Pelicans duties. All right, Sam, now it's time for the moment you're waiting for. It's the Sports Brothers Podcast 2015 NBA Finals Draft, so let's... Uh, All right, I forgot about that. Yeah. I was ready to jump to start the bro. Stump, Stump the, the bro. bro. All right, so uh, Sam, let's do the the inaugural 
Rock, paper, scissors, shoot for the first pick. It's two out of three. We'll do a stretching out the hand. Yep. Um, I'll say the rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and then we'll announce. Uh, this is riveting radio. This is exactly. Stuff. Here we go. Ready? Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Both had scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Both had paper. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. I had rock, he had scissors, so I'm up one nothing. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Both had scissors. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Ah, uh, one one. He had paper, I had a rock. All right. This is for all the marbles. This is for like the first Seinfeld, overall George, pick. Just yeah. Away. yeah, just got Need a moment. Need a moment. All right. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Let's go. Ooh. I went rock. Sam went paper. That's that's how the NBA lottery should be done. <laughs> just get all get all the 13 teams to just do a big rock, paper, scissors, shoot. Maybe the Knicks have a chance that way. All right. So I guess that means I'll start. Uh, and um, Well, the good thing with going second is I get the other guy. Yeah. But I get two of the top three. True. Uh, I, I is there really any discussion? LeBron James. I mean, he, he's the best player in the world. Just had an absolutely fantastic conference finals, and enough said. There, there's not much more to be said about LeBron. All right. So you go LeBron, and I will go Steph Curry, this year's MVP. Uh, again, you can't go wrong with him. Um. Can shoot the lights out, that's for sure. So, again, just remind you, Sam and I were picking our starting lineup. Uh, so not necessarily the five best players, but a starting lineup that would fit uh, for this NBA Finals roster. So we'll have a mixture of Warriors and Cavaliers, most likely on our teams. We'll see what happens. Uh, Sam, but you have a third pick, so go for it. Well, we're, we're, we're doing this based on everyone being healthy. Yep. And it looks like Clay Thompson's going to play. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to go with Clay Thompson. Clay. Thompson. It's a good thing they didn't trade him, huh? Yeah. <laughs> he, that, well, that was uh, the, the Minnesota. Yeah, yeah. Talking about changing the landscape of the yeah. NBA. Um, second pick, I'm going to go Kyrie Irving. Uh, I sent, again, this is assuming everyone's 100% healthy have this, as this, this were a video game. And there was injuries are off. Injuries are off. So Kyrie Irving, uh, that's a heck of a one-two punch there. Uh, in the backcourt. That it is. and uh, I, I think this layoff is more important for him than it is for anyone else. And he got some burn. He got some minutes in that game four to get himself, just getting a, just to get a sweat going, getting his head that he could, he's comfortable out there. So I, I, I think this week layoff is important. Okay, there you go. Your look. Why? I just wait for you to finish. All right. Well, <laughs> third pick for you. Um, my third pick. Well, I think I'm going with the smaller lineup here, apparently, because I'm going to uh, take Draymond Green. Dang it! I'll trade you. I'll trade you. Who do you want to trade? I'll trade you. Uh, I'll a guy. Take, a guy that I just didn't I'll, pick. I'll take. I'll take the ice cream out for you tonight. Um. <laughs> And uh, just make your pick. All right, dang it! I really want to dream on Green. I, mean, you, I almost took him. I actually almost took him second overall to make sure I had him. I'm going small. Draymond Green might be my power forward. Plays a lot of power forward. Does it yeah. effectively? I'm going to go Harrison Barnes. Ooh, really? Yeah. I had him all the way down as my my sixth guy on the. Uh, no, nope, I got Harrison Barnes. I mm-hmm. want him. I mean, he's a. I mean, we saw what he can do in Game 5 when he had 24 points, and I think that performance can really 
kind of like a Kawhi Leonard. Not so much defensively, but offensively. This is a guy that can get to the rim. Uh, He's been much better in the NBA, hasn't he? Yeah, The he NBA has. games fits his suits his style mm-hmm. so much more. Uh, I mean, he was a pretty good player in college, but he's definitely taken it to the next level. Another Ames, Iowa native. There you go. All right, so we got two picks left each uh, to clarify or to recap. Lil Sam has LeBron, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, while I have Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, and Harrison Barnes. Sam, your fourth pick. This is where it gets tough, but um, I need a point guard, and there's only one true point guard left on the board. Uh so I'm going to go with Sean Livingston. Sean Livingston, okay. Yeah. I've always been – it might be because I'm a sucker for the Sean Livingston story, uh, but he, and, and I'm, I'm thrilled for him after that knee injury where he just ripped everything up that he's been able to come back and have a successful NBA career. And he turned down some – he turned down a pretty good deal, he, more playing time with Brooklyn to come out and be a part of a team that has a chance to win a, a championship. For my fourth pick, I'm going to go Tristan Thompson. This kid's motivated. Uh, you hear all the comments saying that from LeBron James that Thompson uh, should be a, a long-term guy, a max contract guy, whether he is or isn't. That's up for you to decide. But uh, this kid, well, I, he's the GM. That, that is true. I'm the GM. But um, no, I mean LeBron's the GM. Oh right. Um, I wish you were the GM of them. <laughs> yeah. We wouldn't be in our basement doing this no, little podcast. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but this kid's again, he's motivated, uh, coming off a uh, heck that rebound to, to set up LeBron's uh, three in game three, I think really uh, kind of gave him a spark, a lot of confidence, and I like Tristan Thompson in the series. And, and I think uh, just in general for the series, uh, he's going to be a big factor because we know or this, this uh, Warriors team, they're going to go small. So Tristan Thompson yeah. could, could play big on the boards. And, and I'll tell you one thing. Um... I remember when I watched this Cleveland team early in the year, and of course they had their struggles. But it had been a little while since I watched Tristan Thompson because the Cavs weren't on every night. And it was an early season game, probably middle of November somewhere. And Thompson just was out there seemingly grabbing every offensive rebound. And, you know, I was just like, wow, this he's he's improved so much since the last time I really watched him play. So, and, and he, and naturally, he's put on weight and built his body up because he came out as a wirely 19-year-old mm-hmm. or whatever it was from Texas. All right, uh, so I got my last pick, and I'm I'm really small right now with LeBron, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Sean Livingston. So I'm going to go with uh, Timothy Mozgov. Good, good pick. Are you going Bogut? I am. I am going to Andrew Bogut. Now, uh, you can get to Mozgov in a second, but Bogut, he didn't score in Game 5. No points, but he had 14 rebounds. This guy, uh, all all second or third team defensive team, not sure. Yeah, I don't one. know why I didn't pick Bogut. Uh, so, yeah, I got steal there. Steal the draft, Andrew Bogut. He did. Um, just like his defensive presence, again, he's not going to – remember, this guy is a, is a former first overall pick. Uh, he He's not going to wow you with the stat sheets in, in terms of points, but again, 14 rebounds. Uh, speaks volumes to his defense. I just took Mozgov because he's the guy who came in midseason with Cleveland and after the Verajao injury, just he, he just changed this team so much. He gave them that toughness in the middle that they needed and uh, 7-1, just a monster inside. Uh, with Cleveland this year, shooting nearly 60%. Uh, had during, This is during the regular season. Uh, just under 11 points per game. Uh, not huge rebounding numbers, but 
better than a block per game. So I, I think just because of his importance. Of course, Bogut is too, but uh, he's the guy who gave this Cleveland team their toughness. It hurts not taking J.R. Smith, not going to lie. But I thought you would have taken him for sure. No, I I mean, it was, I need a rebounding at the same time. I like Bogut and Thompson. Yeah, you definitely have the rebounding edge. See, that's – and if Pat Murtha or Spencer Davis listen to this podcast, they'll kind of laugh at my team because that kind of emulates uh, – when we play 2K15 at school, we do drafts like every weekend, and I always pick a lot Wild of shooters. Life, huh? hmm? Wild life. Yeah, I always pick a lot of shooters, and then I pick rebounders. So, Which you did here. Which is what I did here. Um, so to recap, Sam, he took two Cleveland Cavaliers and three Golden State Warriors with LeBron James – Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Charles Livingston, and Timothy Mozgov. Meanwhile, me, uh, Brian, I took three Cavaliers and two – no, wait, hold on. Yeah, and, and two uh, Cavaliers. I said that wrong. Wait. I took you... three Golden State, two Cavaliers. There we go. Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, Harrison Barnes, Tristan Thompson, and Andrew Bogut. Now it's up to you folks, the listeners. Please tweet at us, uh, text us, whatever, and please tell us which starting lineup you would rather have uh, for this NBA Finals, and that was fun to play. Yeah, and and I'm. Are you surprised that we ended up taking six Golden State players versus the four Cleveland players? No, it's just it's like we were talking about earlier. Just a deeper team, more guys to choose from. Uh, on my list, I went all the way down to number seven to take Sean Livingston. He was my seventh ranked guy on, on that that list. And if yeah, on Sam's on Sam Dossler's, uh Big board of big board. Golden State Warriors. Yeah, you got, we, yeah, if this was TV, you could have Sam's big board on there. Um, all right, well, now it's time for Stump the Bro. It's time to Stump the Bro. All right, so one nothing me. And uh, you want me to read first? I'll go first. All right. Well, today at the Rockcats, it was Rockies Affiliation Day. So there's people wearing uh, Rockies things and whatnot. So there was a trivia question. Oh, Rockies. The... I was thinking. I thought you said Rocky. No. Affiliation. Okay. Like Colorado it's hard to Rockies. You could confuse them, though. Rocky and Rockies. Uh, and there was a trivia question on the board, and that question was, who was the oh, – hold on. Where's the question? Who recorded the first ever RBI in New Britain Stadium history? Your choices are David Ortiz, Todd Helton, Tory Hunter, or Corey Kosky. Tory Hunter. That is false. Corey Kosky. The answer is Todd Helton. Hmm. Oh, Rockies affiliation. No. It was still the Twins, but it was as an opponent. But why else would they ask it for Rockies affiliation? Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> Duh. Right? That was actually supposed to be kind of kind of easy for you. Um he was on the New New Haven Ravens as an opponent in nineteen ninety seven. Right, Rockies, Todd Helen, come on, dude. Because they don't have much history there. They don't have much to pick from. The Rockies organization. You know, it was kinda because uh before that I was I don't want to talk about All it right. anymore. All right. <laughs> Who was the last Major League Baseball player to hit 50 home runs? Alex Rodriguez, David Ortiz, Jose Batista, or Chris Davis? Chris Davis. Yeah. And it's a good thing I almost jetted out and said Jose Batista, 
I knew it wasn't A-Rod. I mean, that that's pretty self-explanatory. Ortiz was 52 in 2006. That was 54. His, okay, 54. His record-setting year. And then, then it was 52 was the Red Sox franchise. And yeah. then uh, Jimmy Fox. Yeah. Rodriguez, 07, and Fielder, 07, 54 and 50. The 54 was for Rodriguez, 50 for Fielder. And then Batista, 54 and 10, and 13 was Chris Davis. This is after that unreal stretch of people just, I don't know, doing what they did <laughs> and Do hitting it. a lot of long baseballs. All right, well, this was a good show. And it I, was. I've tied the score at 1-1 you for did. something, bro, most importantly. Yep. You always get so mad when you lose Dump the Bro. That was a basic question. All right. Well, thank you for listening. Mic drop. <laughs> You're getting good at this. All right. Well, thank you for listening to this podcast, the Sports Brothers Podcast. Make sure uh, you listen to us off NicoDiGregorio.com. Listen to all of his podcasts. Uh, not exactly sure when he's putting up his next one or if he has or whatnot. But also make sure that you stay tuned for an article. And since I have no work tomorrow – that's one of the things that I'll be doing. I'll, write, I'll be writing NBA Finals preview. I'll have that up for you off our website, thesportsbrothersblog.wordpress.com. And please, folks, let us know, or even let Nico know. If you don't know us personally, you want to talk to Nico, let us know. Uh, give us feedback on how the, how their show's going um, and which starting line you'd rather have for the 2015 NBA Finals draft. All right, that's going to do it for today, and have a great day, folks. <laughs>